Want to listen to The Sound of Surrey live? Couldn't be easier. Download the Brooklyn's Radio app right now through Google Play or the App Store to listen to us anytime, any day, anywhere. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. So in the studio with me today, we have the lovely Jackie Horshaw. And Jackie was so unhappy that she turned her back on her 15-year career in the city as an insurance underwriter at Lloyd's of London. We're going to chat to Jackie today because I do feel that there's lots of people out there who may be unhappy doing whatever they're doing, but feel that they don't have the courage to do anything about it. So Jackie's going to inspire you all and um, and leave you with details of her blog where she's written about her experiences. So welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, no, it's great to have you on. Great to have you on. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about about how you made that decision to leave your long career in the city. So I started um, in insurance, which isn't something that every little girl necessarily dreams of. Um, But actually, ironically, I went to Lloyd's of London on a school trip when I was doing my economics A-level. I was 17 or so, and we went to the Lloyd's building. And I thought, well, this is very strange. You know, who works here and what's this all about? And we sort of all left feeling a little bit, well... It was a bit drab, really. Lots of men in pinstripe suits. No women, interestingly. Mm. Um, fast forward to 2001. Um, I'd graduated. I'd spent a year travelling. And there I was, working in Lloyd's. I'd always wanted to work in finance. I did a uh, business studies degree. So I think my, my mother thought she can't continue backpacking. She's got to get a job. So I did get a job at, at Lloyd's Syndicate. And I worked my way up. And the dream had always been to run my own, own team. So the decisions that I made career-wise, moving between different syndicates within Lloyd's of London, you know, that that sort of holy grail was run my own team, get that job, be a manager. And then I got that job. And so on paper, my ambitions had, you know, sort of crystallised and I'd made it, I guess, is, is the way you could describe it. A year later... Well, not even a year later, six months into that job, I just realised that the reality was so far removed from what I thought it would be like. Mm. Um, An element of it, I suppose, was company culture, um, managing people. Um, It was very different, uh, very sort of different to what I envisaged. And economically, it was quite a difficult time. I was a financial institutions underwriter. So if you think back to 2007, Mm. the credit crunch and so on, there was a lot of mopping up of, um, of, of bankers' mistakes. Um, this isn't banker bashing. They're, they're my <laughs> lifeblood uh, for my job. Um, and I was really unhappy and I was exhausted all the time. You know, I'd go to bed, I'd wake up eight hours later and feel that I hadn't even, my head hadn't even p- hit the pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just constantly felt nervous and anxious. Um, and I thought, I can't do this anymore. But it was crazy because I talked to friends and acquaintances and, and you don't want to sort of, talk too much you don't want to be that miserable person that no one wants to invite to the dinner party but it just became very apparent that it wasn't sustainable so I started talking to my husband and and friends and and my mother and I said what what am I going to do so I decided that I would leave but that decision when on paper your life I suppose is perfect yeah and an outsider looking in you know I, I imagined that they couldn't understand what the problem was um, you know, I had, I had a lovely salary, which allowed me to sort of pursue my big love, which is travel. Um, I had a lovely house. And it was just, why would you walk away? Mm. I also was worried about what people would think. 
Mm, a big one. Yes, and it really is. And it's silly, isn't it? But we Very. all do it. We all do it. But it's something that really, I, I always say to people, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Yes. And I think that's the attitude we need to take. That is a great attitude, actually. Mm. And I think I, I had just been on this treadmill and maybe the way that I was brought up, the way that I was educated, the type of school I went to, I went to a very strict all-girls school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just got on with it and you climbed that greasy pole and you didn't question it. You never questioned, well, what else is there? Mm-hmm. What else could I do? And I, I was just on this path that I just didn't deviate from. And it was very alien. Certainly none of my close friends had left their mm-hmm. jobs. Um, actually, with the exception of one who made a phenomenal transition, uh, my very good friend, Sarah. Um, But most people hadn't. And the community, the underwriting community is very tight knit and everyone knows everyone's business. We're terrible gossips. Um, And I'd worked with these people very closely for 15 years. I traveled with them. I dined with them. You know, I'd, I'd been through horrible deals, very difficult situations with them. And I knew about their lives as well. And I knew them as people as Mm. well as colleagues. Um, And I was just really worried what they'd think. Um, But in the end... Do you think also, sorry to interrupt you there, but do you think also that because we are supposed to have equality now, but we haven't, there's still a a gender pay gap. Mm. But do you think that maybe having worked your way up as a woman that you sometimes feel, I know with me, I was foreign office. Mm. So um, most of the senior positions were taken by men. And um, once you had a child, your career was almost over in the foreign office. So I think there's also an element of that that comes into it when you're working in a male dominated organisation. organization absolutely i mean in my job i would often sit around a boardroom table and i'd be the only Mm. woman amongst 15 men it is improving Mm. um i have to say in lloyd's but it's it's i don't think anyone would be offended by me saying it. it's still quite antiquated in, Mm. in in that regard so there was an element where i felt hang on i'm a woman i've got this big job and now i'm turning around and saying you know what i don't want to do it anymore and i i guess i felt oh no i'm letting other women down Mm. and I'm not being that trail sort of blazer and I'm I'm not making it work and is it my fault I certainly looked around at my peers a lot of men there were other women running teams but predominantly men and they seemed okay so it became I really worried that it was me that Mm. I couldn't do it that I was failing and that brings a whole different mindset as well as you're not enjoying what you're doing but then personally thinking oh I failed but all things considered, it just, as I said, it wasn't sustainable. Um, and so I quit. You left. I left. <sighs> and how did you feel when you woke up the first day of not being employed? Relieved. Okay. <laughs> which was good. Yes, that was good. Um, but I have to say, when I did quit, everyone was incredibly supportive. And I actually felt guilty for thinking less of them, hmm. of my colleagues. Um I mean, who knows what they said behind my back? But to my face, everyone was incredibly supportive. They were excited for me. They were interested, jealous as well. Mm. And I have to say, I'm, you know, throughout this whole process, I am very aware that I'm in an incredibly privileged position. Mm. I don't have any children. Um, I am married. And I'm lucky that I have a very supportive husband who agreed to sort of switch that financial dial from 50-50 straight down the line to me all of a sudden being completely unemployed and having no income. (laughs) Um, But... You oscillate between, so as you say, wake up, day Mm. one, February the 11th. Um, I had a bit of a sore head because I might have celebrated the night before. Um, But the question is, what am I going to do now? Mm. Because I should say, I had no plan. 
It wasn't that I had a passion that I wanted to turn into a career. I didn't have a deep-seated desire to retrain as, um, I don't know, an optician or mm. a primary school teacher or anything like that. I mean, I had and do still have broad interests, which actually have broadened so much now with this because I I've, I've, I've have nine months off. Um, but there isn't time to fit everything in and you do have to select those things that you do feel really strongly yes, about. Yeah, but that, that was the thing that really interests me because I've been reading your blog mm. and I'm fascinated by some of the things that you've been trying. Yeah. So maybe touch on some of those. We can send people to the blog as well. Mm. So we'll make sure that we mention that before the, at the end of the interview. Sure. But tell us, you know, that you've, you've tried some fascinating <laughs> yeah. things and I just, I just think it's, you know, really interesting to hear some mm. of the things that you've been doing. Well, I set myself some very strict rules at the beginning of this process because I didn't want the time to just disappear and then me have no experiences or nothing to show for it at the end. So, you know, silly things like you must set an alarm, you must get up, um, you must have a shower, get dressed, that sort of thing. Um, So I have done all sorts of things. An element was voluntary work. Mm -hmm. So I did some literacy tutoring in a primary school, which I absolutely adored. And it was so rewarding. And with the best will in the world, insurance is not rewarding. Um, A career in the city... I don't think it can be rewarding, at least not all the time. Um, I worked in a charity shop because I thought I'd meet some really interesting people. And I wanted to understand people's drivers, why they were in that charity Mm. shop. Um, I did some volunteering at a social arts gallery, which the idea there is bringing people into the art world that normally would feel intimidated. um, Feeling that a gallery was for the elite Mm -hmm. or because they didn't understand art, they couldn't go in. And that I felt quite strongly about because I love going to galleries myself. Um, and I can see why it, it puts people off. So I really enjoyed that. And, and you'll sort of see the theme here is to mix with people that I would never have met. Yeah. Um, because the city is a bubble. Everyone in it is great. But there are a certain type of people. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to broaden my horizons and, and have experiences with different people. So I met so many different people from such different backgrounds. And it really opened my eyes. And I think it's made me, I have to ask my friends and family, but a much better person. So that was one element. So that sort of gave my week a little bit of structure, the voluntary work. And then I wanted to do things that I wouldn't be able to do if I had a job. So as an example, I went to a trapeze class. Mm. Which was terrifying and humiliating. But one of the sort of underlying um, themes, I guess, is I wanted to do things that would make me nervous. Okay. And challenge myself. Yeah. I don't particularly like heights. I don't like fairground rides. I don't like making a fool of myself. (laughs) I'm not sure who does. Um, So I thought that would be perfect. Mm -hmm. So I went to Regent's Park and, um, yes, humiliated myself. But I did it. I did it twice. I didn't do the big sort of leap that um, I think the, the two-hour class was supposed to culminate in, but that was okay because I got up there and I let go. Fantastic. So that was great. I've been to wonderful lectures. I mean, there is so much stuff that you can do during the day if mm. you seek it out, but it's actually very time-consuming finding things that you want to do. But I've been to lectures, um, the RSA, How to Live to 100. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to one this week about the origins of Dutch football, which sounds odd because okay. I'm not a football fan, but it's how that translates into the way our societies work today mm-hmm. and the parallels that you can see. I went to a morning rave, sober. Okay. With, and the concept behind that is health. Okay. So they um, 
the idea is you go before work and you sort of dance around like a crazy loon um, and it releases all the endorphins yes. and makes you feel really good for your day ahead. That, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm. Jackie, we're running out mm. of time. Um, so I think what I'm going to have to say to our listeners is that if they are in a similar situation where they're unhappy for whatever reason in the role that they have, the corporate role that they have, that there are lots of options out there mm. and that they should have a look at your blog. What's, mm. what's the address for people to link with your blog? So it's an interesting title. It's underwriter2undertaker.com. Okay. To, not the number, to T-O. Yeah. Because I was an underwriter. And if you read the blog, you'll understand why I've called it to undertaker. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. So people can can have a look there and find out. And it's well worth having a look because it's an extremely well-written blog. And it's funny. And it's it's really interesting to see the things that Jackie's been trying. And then can you tell us very quickly what's happening now? I'm going back to the city. (laughs) But I'm going back for four days a week. So on my terms, Mm -hmm. um, with a totally different mindset. Um, a totally different sort of character as well I think I've just learned so much and I think the conclusion is you don't have to change what you do you just have to tweak it slightly so I think anyone that is feels they're stuck you can make small changes going from five days to four which is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. maybe having some time out sort of you know life money etc permitting and you can go back and there is nothing wrong going back I don't think you know you shouldn't think that it's a failure because you're going back on your own terms you're doing it the way that you want to and then you get a perfect balance. And I think that's the key. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jackie, thank you so oh, much for you coming for in me. today. It's fantastic. It's gone so quickly. Um, but yeah, everybody, we'll put um, a link to the podcast and to the blog on the Brooklands Radio Facebook page. And um, check Jackie's blog out because, as I say, it's, it's very entertaining. Brooklands Radio believes your health matters. 